This is Bet MGM tonight. Join us for live sweats. Oh! Yes. Let's go, Kansas State. That was a big balls three. Three minutes ago. Big balls three. Instant reaction. This is an unbelievable thing for me to see. My favorite team, my true favorite team. Less mistress, more side piece. And maybe a few regrettable decisions. Oh, he's got bust written all over him. Goody Ken sucks. Jordan Edison ran a 5-3-40 and he's Tristis height. I'd take him. You know what you shouldn't have done? Bet on the Wizards. Yep. Now, live from Washington, D.C., it's Ryan Horvat, Trista Crick, and Nick Ashew. Ten games in the NBA tonight. We got college hoops, and we're on Juan Soto watch, Ryan Horvat. Maybe. Maybe Juan Soto gets traded. Maybe not. Uh, we'll find out, I guess, as the night goes on. We're on Twitch. We're on YouTube. We're on the Odyssey app. Talk to Dan Carpick in about 20 minutes. Look ahead to props for tomorrow night and Thursday night football because that may be the only thing that you want to get involved in. Yeah. Also, some NBA props as well. Uh, it is... It is one day away from the greatest Thursday night football game ever. How excited are you, my friend? Woo! Oh, yeah. Patriots <laughs> still sitting there. Six-point dogs. Yeah. Uh, they've covered the number twice this season. They've won two games this season. They've covered the number twice. They're 2-10. and Six-point dogs against the Steelers. The total in the game, 30. Doesn't get much better than that on a Thursday night. Oh, man. Right? I think we may have to uh, maybe crack a few beers for during that game. Don't tell management, Scott. Maybe we'll uh, not yeah. at all. All good. Uh, good. Good. Let's let's. See, I don't know actually, if I can get through that game sober. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I don't know. I mean, you <laughs> you just wish that there was something that they could do about a matchup like that, right? Yeah, they do, and it's called flexing, and they are too much of a coward to do it. Now, I will say this though. I told you I was going to have something tonight, and I do. All right. So Mitchell Trubisky rushing props are out. Mm-hmm. His rushing yards, thirteen and a half. I'm going to go over on Trubisky. It's actually minus 120 to the under. Like, the one thing you could say about Trubisky is he could use his legs a little bit. He's Mm -hmm. athletic. And the Steelers don't have a great offensive line, so he might have to use his legs a little bit. You're almost there. I'm dying right now. Uh, It's okay. You know, we're all kind of getting something. Let's be honest here. My head is in a vice. I've got some sort of allergies, Mm. something going on. But I come in. I push forward, and I'm here with you, Ryan, because I look forward to it. You good? I am good. I'm just stalling, just making sure. I'm good. I don't know what that was, A little bit actually. of a f- phlegm, perhaps? I think uh, it's almost like I just had a uh, the coronavirus. But, yeah. Yeah, you did, I do actually, like the, yes. uh, I like the Trubisky rushing yards over 13 and a half in All that right. game. I went under on Zeke's rushing yards, under 61 and a half, which is now minus 120. And I'll probably come up with a couple different things, but I don't know, man. That's going to yeah. be an ugly one. does look like it's going to be Bailey Zappi as your starting quarterback, <laughs> yes. though. Can I interest you in some Bailey Zappi rushing yards uh, over eight and a half? Eight and a half. Uh, no, I don't want anything Bailey Zappi. I'm going to be honest with you. No. Najee Harris rushing yards I'll take. I'll probably bet that. I know. That. They don't have those up for whatever yeah, reason. I'm, yeah, I've been waiting for that. That might be something I'll consider. Uh, that's about it, man. Like, there's going to be just a few things tomorrow night, and I'm going to kind of leave leave it at that. Just like tonight. Only got a couple things in the NBA. I know there's a lot of games, but uh, I just kind of went with uh, just a couple. You know, I don't know why. There's a, Sometimes during the week, there's one or two games, and I know they want us to live sweat on the show and suffer and do all that. Yeah. You know what? There's some nights where I just don't really have a lot of in-depth uh, decisions that I've made. Joel Embiid over 30.5 points against like the Wizards. One. And the over 237.5 in that game. Wizards, Sixers. I mean, you just take the over in every Wizards game, you're going to hit 70% of the time. Yeah, okay. So I'm on the over with you. Wow. Okay. That's up to 242.5 right now. Yeah, I got that at 237. It was a while ago, so. Yeah, I still like the over. I probably would still take it then, too. Yeah. I actually, I like the Embiid points, too. Yeah. Um, I went to grab that 32.5. You got 30.5 on that? I do like mm-hmm. those a lot. Yeah. I oh, mean, and don't forget Daniel Gafford's 3-3 three and three all-time against Joel Embiid as a Wizard. All-time. 
head-to-head matchup. Do you it's know like what that's about, Scott? Like Do you get that joke match. at all? Give it to me again. Daniel okay. Gafford is. Uh, because a lot of people may not get that reference. This has become an inside joke for Ryan and me. Uh, it was after the Wizards lost to the Sixers. We had the post-game show on here. As you know, the network is now owned by... Monumental. The by them. Uh, instead of putting, like, the score, you know, they always like to have nice oh, fluff. Oh, yes, yes, it yes. Was, the stat they put up was Daniel Gafford is 3-3 three and three all-time against Joel Embiid. I'm like, what? What? Are, what? Why are we doing this? Yeah. So, anyway, maybe he can make it 4-3 and three By the way, last that? night we had uh, Josh Robbins on from The Athletic, covers the Wizards. Yes. Uh, Johnny Davis now week-to-week well, with an injury. Johnny Cast, Davis, I forgot, strength. was on the team. I'm gonna yeah. Yeah. You guys asked about him, and, and Josh Good was... Good for Ryan, because uh, I totally Josh forgot about Johnny Davis. Josh was diplomatic in his answer. He was. And I mean, then, he was a first-round pick last and year. And then he comes up, yeah, first-round pick in the G, whatever he, it is. Brutal. He's, he's yeah. been bad. Yeah, he's yes. been bad. He needs to actually. I think he needs some run in the Find G League. Find his shot. You yeah, never pl- know, though. You know, like some guys could just uh, figure it out after a while. Jordan Poole, he was in the G League mm-hmm. for a while. The entire uh, Toronto Raptors roster pretty much was in the G League for that a while. Is true. Fred Van Vliet. Yeah. Then he got himself paid. Speaking of the Raptors, actually, you know what? I have some NBA tonight. You do. I have a bunch of NBA. Look at tonight. you. You're on the opposite of me now. Yeah. You're, I kind of like this. I woke up. Uh, I wasn't supposed to have to take Nathan to school. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife got called in for a meeting. She claims. I don't know. Maybe she's leaving me, but I had to take him to school. So I didn't get much sleep, and I, I wanted to go back home and go back to bed, but I didn't. So instead, uh, I bet some NBA. Good for uh, you. I bet the Raptors. Okay. Now they're three-and-a-half-point favorites. They're minus 175 on the money line. I'll let you decide what to do there. I do think that they beat the Heat. Reason mm-hmm. being, the Heat are not a very good rebounding team, and tonight, no Bam Adebayo in this matchup. Yeah. And they're also playing without Tyler Hero. Everybody's going to go for the Raptors. They're at home in this game. They need a win. Uh, they're nine and eleven on the season, so I do like Toronto against Miami, but it's at three and a half right now. It's minus one fifteen to back the Raptors. I do think they're the right side, even at the current price. Uh, I'm with you on the 76ers Wizards over 76ers. Pretty good offensively right yes. now. Yes. I like the Embiid points. You know the Wizards play absolutely no, no defense. defense. No, Problem you'll never is, see it, dude. I thought they were going to be a much better offensive team, and they're not. Uh, so that's the only issue. They're just they're just bad all the way around. But I mean, I st- like you, you mentioned, Jordan Poole. I mean, Jordan Poole has been a massive disappointment. Yeah, he's he's been awful. Uh, I looked at his points prop tonight. It's what six, is it? Sixteen and a half. Jeez. No, thank you. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. I'm good on that. And then I took the under in Thunder Rockets. It's, okay. Uh, I took it at two twenty six and a half. It's two twenty five and a half. It's minus one fifteen to the under, and I still like that actually. Um, we all know how fun the, the Thunder are. Uh, they're my league pass team. They're your oh, league man. pass team. Love Everybody's them, dude. Love fifth them. in the league in scoring offense. They score about 120 a game, 119.7. But they're also really good defensively. They have a top 10 scoring defense. Number nine right now, only giving up 111 per game. And Houston, you just never really know what you're going to get. They're 26 in the league right now. They're only scoring 110 points per game. So I like the under in that game. And then one more. Uh, when some zig, I like to zag. <laughs> Jamal Murray, still a game-time decision. Aaron Gordon, a game-time decision. I like the uh, Clippers on the money line. So the Clippers 0-2 against Denver this season. They're starting to figure some things out now, though. They've won six of their last nine games. Mm -hmm. And James Harden's playing pretty good. 20 points, 7 assists in the last three. Had 21-9 and in the win over Golden State. Paul George has been playing pretty good. 23 points per game. Kawhi, 22 a game. And they're all going tonight. Um, And the Clippers, pretty solid defensively. I think they're going to get better offensively now that everybody's starting to click. And I do have some Clippers future, sixteen to one to win the title. I like you've, them. You've, on the money you've been line in on the Clippers the last couple of years. I feel like, like you. Yeah, I'm a Kawhi guy. He's just never know, healthy. And that's the thing because honestly, when you watch that team, you you see it. We even saw it in the playoffs last year before he got hurt. Yeah. Kawhi will carry them in the playoffs. You just you can't 
expect him to stay healthy, and that's the worst part about it. Yeah, and, and like even if he is healthy, then you got to rely on Paul George to stay healthy. Mm-hmm. It, just, it hasn't been a thing yet, but I do like them tonight. They're minus 115 on the money line. So, um, yeah, over in 76ers, Wizards, under in the Thunder Rockets game. I'm going to go with the Clippers on the money line, and then I'm going to take the Raptors. Uh, I still like him at three and a half. College basketball just won for me tonight, and uh, I'm going to take Minnesota, your squad, the Golden Gophers. Aren't you a big Minnesota guy? Me? No. Minnesota. No, no, no Minnesota for me. They're at home tonight against Throw Nebraska. The, damn ball. the fighting Hoybergs, who uh, <laughs> the one year I got to cover the Bulls as an intern, Fred Hoiberg was the coach. I remember I that. Absolutely hated them. You know why? Because I loved Tibbs, and Tibbs did not deserve mm-hmm. did, did not did, did not deserve to lose his job. You're still a Tibbs guy now. Yeah, except for last night because he yeah. took out Dante DiVincenzo and I needed one more point. I don't want to so talk about actually, last night. Tibbs is on my S list. But I don't want to talk about last Nebraska's night. Nebraska's coming in. They're off an 89 60 home loss to Creighton, who's pretty good this year. They're number 15 in the country, but they were on a roll. Uh, they were getting some love in that game. They were only four and a half point dogs. They lost by 29. Uh, they were 7 0 before that, but their only win against a team ranked in the top 100. Um, was against Duquesne. So what does that tell you? Minnesota has Marquette transfer Dawson Garcia. He's averaging 20 and 8 this season. They're at home. Cam Christie's averaging 11. So I like Minnesota plus 2.5. Uh, I like Pitt on the money line in college mm-hmm. hoops. And then all those NBA games. You're like me last night. So I had a bunch of NBA in. stuff. And now there's more games and I have less tonight. We're going all in. Biggest one for me, uh, the over in the Wizards game and the Clippers on the money line. If the Clippers fail me tonight, I won't bet them for at least four to five days. You're a liar. You're I don't right. believe you for one second. You're right. And while we're on the topic of mm-hmm. things I bet, I got another big bet. Oh, jeez. You're, like, loaded up today. It's down to three and a half. All right. Won't be surprised if it closes maybe even at two and a half. Chicago Bears against the Lions at Soldier Field. It's going to be rainy. It's yeah. going to be windy. We got Cousin Joe on the weather report. I made him. What does Cousin Joe I think about the game? I made him go stand outside Soldier Field to see what the barometric pressure was looking like. Uh, he thinks the Lions roll, which means I think the Bears actually win this game outright. It's golf in windy conditions, a wet football, and the Bears on are on the actually, road outside. Like dude, none of those work for Jared Goff. Bears against the run, pretty good. Bears secondary, now that they're healthy, like with, I mean Eddie Jackson, I'm not the biggest fan, but with the healthy pieces, they're a little bit better. And offensively, I like DJ Moore, I like Cole Komet, Cole mm-hmm. Komet and uh, I do like uh, Justin Fields, who's playing for his job right now, to yeah. at least be able to cover here. Yeah, there's there's certainly a level of that you can kind of see. If they let Justin Fields be Justin Fields, I think that that's, that's what's like even more important. Yeah. Uh, really, that that's what they're going to need to do. Uh, Zach Wilson starting again for the Jets. Are you excited? I will not be betting uh, Zach Wilson in the Jets this week. I, but it I is, did consider. I, you know, I know people are talking about Robert Sala being on the hot seat, and I can understand because it's been such an S show this year, but... The reality of it is it's not really his fault that this is an S show. Now, you could argue some of the quarterback decisions like a Tim Boyle were a problem. But let's be honest, Zach Wilson was not good. And this team was expecting to have Aaron Rodgers starting this year. So when you lose a starting quarterback, you're never going to be the same team that you were expected to be heading into that year. Now... Uh, for me, I would not put Robert Sala on the list of co- of coaches that should be gone at the end of the year. And there's a lot. Like, we talked about this yesterday. There could be up to, like, 10 coaching vacancies. Adam Schefter has talked about this. We went through and looked at a bunch of teams, and I think there's a, a, a decent amount, depending on how those things wrap up at the end of the year. But, I mean, I, I'll be honest. I would just go Trevor Simeon, at least for, like, are you trying to win games? What What is the goal of the Jets at this point this year? I mean, I would try to lose every game possible. That's because, what they should be doing. So maybe that's I why mean, they're going Zach Wilson, because they know that at least Trevor Simeon is a veteran that's been out there and started a bunch of games before. That's the only thing that I can think of is why they're going Zach Wilson. 
Yeah. I mean, the goal should be, like, let's be honest. You don't owe, you don't have to give the Packers away your first round pick any longer. Mm -hmm. You need some offensive line help, clearly. But I'm with you, like, on Robert Sala. I don't know. I mean, he should definitely be on the hot seat going into next season, I would say. Um, Because of how this team, uh, I get you lost Aaron Rodgers, man. And I get you put all your eggs in one basket, right? Yeah. But, like, the Minnesota Vikings lost Kirk Cousins, and we they already weren't a very good football team last I mean, they were a good football team last year. They won 13 games, but they had one of the worst defenses in the league. Mm-hmm. They make the switch at coordinator. Now they have a top-10 defense. And for a while, like, we thought, hey, maybe this could be a sneaky team in the NFC with Josh Dobbs. He's come back down to earth. He's also got himself injured. Right, right. But you know what I mean? Like, the Jets, since Aaron Rodgers has got injured, they have just been a dumpster fire. It's been a mess. It's been... You know, he gave money to Alan Lazard, and now he's a healthy scratch. Randall Cobb, I don't, I don't overblow that he has like two receptions this season. He was never brought in. You said this last night. Like yeah. He wasn't brought in to be your slot wide receiver. Yes. He's brought in to be a mentor to the young guys. Yeah, that's it. And even like Zach Wilson, who's mentally broken right now. Uh, but the Jets are a mess. So, yeah, I think you throw Zach Wilson to the Wolves. You lose as many games as possible. But I'm with you on Robert Sala because he's the defensive-minded head coach. And especially early on in the season, before these guys gave up, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Like, the Jets have given up. Yeah. Before they have, uh, the defense was playing pretty well, even against some top quarterbacks in mm-hmm. the league. He made the mistake of saying that at the podium in the press conference that one time. Uh, and they haven't oh, been yeah. so good since. Has it, hasn't, been, uh, hasn't been great since he, he said that about it. So I, don't, I, just, I don't know who you hire. Um I mean, there's guys that you could hire that I think are better options than Robert Sala, but you know what I mean? Like, are you going to get Ben Johnson? Does Ben Johnson even want that job? Because I would think a young offensive coordinator like that is going to want to be paired with his quarterback for the next five to ten years. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, so he's not going to want one year of Aaron Rodgers, and then maybe we've got to go back to Zach Wilson or draft somebody. I don't know. I don't even think, and I'm the biggest Aaron Rodgers fan, believer, apologist, whatever you want to call me in the world. I I will be fading the Jets next season. So watch, hopefully he wins MVP and they win that Super Bowl and he gets that second ring, but I got to see it to believe it. He's going to be 40 years old. That offensive line sucks. I don't know that they're one tackle away from being any good. I don't love the skill position players as much as I thought, other than Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson. You know, and even if it's like, I don't know, man. I I don't know. I I don't think that that's just like Rodgers comes back and saves the day this year or even next year. We're starting to look at the Jets at this point who are three and a half point home dogs against the Texans. I like the Texans in that, by the way. I think the Texans are ready to just beat up on the Don't Jets love the team. Number, that's but up. I think the Texans win. I would love to get an actual three or a two and a half for the yeah. Texans, but uh, I I still like the Texans to win that game, and I think they do cover the three and a half. But I would prefer, obviously, yes, a better number. Uh, th- this Jets team is starting to be exposed as maybe not as good as we thought they were. Right? You've yeah. got a couple of great weapons on offense. Garrett, I mean, like two, and you've got. I, I mean, at this point, you're looking at Sauce Gardner on defense, and kind of the rest of it just feels like a, like it just doesn't, you know what I mean? Like you start looking at this team, and I go, you know what? I was wrong, like everybody else. They're not just a quarterback away. No. Now the offensive line we knew was going to be an issue, but damn, they're just not. They've got a lot more work to do this offseason. I don't think that if they fired Robert Sala, that would even be a desirable job for a, a young head coaching candidate. We talk about how bad the commander's offensive line is. If you look at like the pro football focus ratings, they're 26. The mm-hmm. Jets right now, number 28. They have two guys grading out right now. Andrew Thomas and Bed, uh, Ben Bredesen above replacement level. They're bad. Yeah, and we're, we're now really seeing that.
uh, that evidence there. 31st and pass blocking. Dan Carpick next on some props. It's time for a short commercial break. Don't go anywhere, though, because we'll be right back with even more BetMGM Tonight. Presented by BetMGM. Live from BetQL. So I, I think a lot of people will look and be like, yes, like Dak, uh, depending on which book you you go to, either Dak is the favorite, Brock Purdy is the favorite, or Jalen Hurts is the favorite, but the, all three of them are priced very similarly everywhere. So there are essentially now three favorites for league MVP, and the guy we bet is one of them. That's really good. And part of that's because the Eagles lost yesterday. That was a big part of it. And But there was this moment, I'm sitting there, and Debo scores his second touchdown. So he scores on a long run which is important, not a pass from Brock Purdy, scores on a really long run and the Eagles go up by two touchdowns. It's the third quarter and I'm sitting here on my, I'm sitting, well, not here. I'm sitting up on my couch where, up on my couch where I'm much more comfortable and I'm, I'm watching the you, game. Buddy, I'm, if, you're, if, you're, if, you're, if you're sitting in this seat all weekend, like we need to have an intervention. No. We gotta, I, we gotta get you out of I'll there. come down on Monday morning to like do work in this office and the mic is still set up with the headphones from Sunday morning and I just, <laughs> I look at it and I just like shudder. It's like, I gotta go back to this again. So, anyway, so I'm upstairs in front of the Christmas tree watching the game. I'm sure everybody was watching the Eagles Niners yesterday. Debo scores on the run. They're up two touchdowns. And I'm thinking this has a chance to be like a 100 out of 100 possible result for getting Dak MVP home. Because at that moment, Purdy's numbers were incredibly pedestrian and they were already up two touchdowns and the Eagles looked completely lifeless in the game. I was not really worried about Hurts or like a comeback or anything. I believe this was before the altercation on the sideline with Dre Greenlaw and the Eagles security guy. But like it's, it's you know, up to, you know, you know, Dom, Dom you know, you know, the assistant to everybody, whatever his title is. So anyway, he's it's two touchdowns and Purdy's like numbers really aren't that good. And I'm like, this has a chance. Like, I need them to win. That was the most important thing. Looks like they're going to win. They're they're clearly the better team in that game. And uh, and Purdy's numbers aren't great. And I go, we're going to be like this. Dak might be the sole favorite. Like, this is going to be unbelievable. And then Purdy's next two touchdown passes are just 
I'm like screaming at the Eagles defense, like, please somebody tackle him. So Debo catches this pass, like one yard past the line of scrimmage turns and sprints like Usain Bolt in a straight line for a touchdown. Obviously that like really, really, really helps Purdy stats. And then Juwan Jennings on the screen to the bottom of the screen on the left side. And like, he breaks all these tackles. And, and especially on this one, I'm just like, just somebody tackle him at the one, like, you know, whatever elijah mitchell will come in and score a one yard touch. Like it doesn't matter like mccaffrey could score it's irrelevant and uh just not this just not this and because of the, honestly whether you, i mean whether you agree with this or not because of those two long touchdowns purdy stats look insane from the game from yesterday look completely ridiculous and they win by a lot and as a result he is right next to Dak. And this is going to get really interesting because <laughs> because uh, we're we're here like we're at kind of like judgment week to a certain extent where the Cowboys and Eagles are playing each other. This is like the sort of conclusion of like a month long handicap that we've had of this market. And we're here and we've kind of gotten everything that we want, to be honest. But reading a lot of the con watching the games yesterday, obviously seeing the market. Uh, reading a lot of the content that was produced today. A lot of major media entities had somebody write about NFL Most Valuable Player. So I'll, I'll, like, actually, some of the better writers wrote content for today. And reading it all, you it's it's the we there's other conclusions to draw, but one of the main conclusions is this is very open, and there are a lot of players who could potentially win. Some are now, back to BetMGM Tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. We're waiting on Juan Soto to get traded. Think it'll happen tonight? Sounds like the Yankees are real serious. <sighs> yeah, it does sound like they're really serious. I don't know, though, man. I don't know. I, I thought he was going to be a Cub 24 hours ago, so now I don't know. I mean... Does it really move the needle for you? Soto getting traded? No, I mean, like, it doesn't make you want to run and bet Yankees futures. I don't know that they're just a Juan Soto away. No, unless he's going to be able to no. pitch or they come need... out of that bullpen. And really, listen, I mean, he had an inconsistent year last year anyway. There were moments where you're going, oh, there's the Juan Soto I remember. Yeah. And then there's other times where he's completely non-existent for long stretches of the season. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I really wanted him in Chicago. I would take him. I do think he's going to yeah. have a bounce-back season. I'm a little down on him right now because he cost me 50 bucks because I, I bet him to win MVP before the season. But, yeah, I mean, most likely he ends up being a Yankee. We'll see if it happens tonight. I hope something big happens tonight. I'm on Otani watch. Yeah. I know there's no shot that he actually ends up a Cub. You seem to believe that. But I have to have a little bit of hope. I feel hope. like there's a little bit of hope there still with you. I don't know whether it's misguided hope or what, but like there I seems said, to be something. There was only one time I got the free, well, twice. John Lester I wanted really, really bad, of course. And um, Dexter Fowler came back for that second season, yeah. or the season to win the World Series. And then Alfonso Soriano. That was the best moment mm -hmm. on free agency of my life. So what does that tell you about my life as a fan? <laughs> Alfonso Soriano. Who I used to see at the nightclubs every once in a while when I turned 21 in Chicago. I was always just drinking bottles of water. I was well, like, that's this, good. This guy's lame. He's getting ready for an, a good night. I was, pound, I was like good games. Red Bull vodka number 15. Of course you were. Hell yeah. <laughs> Dan Karpik is the managing editor of BetQL. Jumps on with us. Same time slot every Tuesday. Uh... I tell you this, I am I am big on tonight. Anything Sixers related against a Wizards team that doesn't play any defense, I can imagine you got at least like one <laughs> or two things going on in that game tonight, Dan. Yeah, uh, Joel Embiid, uh, over 32 and a half points. I don't even care that it's 32 and a half. I oh, got wow. it at you got the higher number too, yeah. Same. In two of his last three games versus the Wizards, he had 48 points. So he had 48 points, 34 points, 48 points. Um, so he has absolutely crushed it. 
in that. So I'm going to just go to Embiid. The Wizards have given up the most points to opposing centers, gotten crushed by opposing centers all season long. And uh, I'm going to go right back to the well with Mr. Embiid tonight. I love it. Dan, anything else that you like tonight? We want to talk, obviously, Thursday night football. Well, I don't know that we want to talk about Thursday night football, but I think we're required (laughs) to at least find a couple bets. Any other props that you like tonight? Yeah, Kobe White. He he's been really yeah. crushing it lately. I had to do a double take when I saw his box scores. I I was like, he, this guy's shooting like ten threes a night. Um, I like his over three and a half made threes. He's been lighting it up lately, going over three and a half made threes in seven of his last eight games. Not only that, I'm looking for volume when it comes to three point props. He's had ten plus three point attempts five different times in that eight game span with Levine out tonight. He's going to also get a great matchup against the Hornets. They have the worst defense in terms of defensive rating. So love him tonight. Mike Conley was not a name I expected to ever say in a positive light this season, over (laughs) six and a half assists versus the Spurs tonight. He's having a solid year very quietly for the Timberwolves here. He's been in a groove lately. He's gone over 6.5 assists six consecutive times. He's at eight, seven dimes at six best in the NBA in that span on 10.7 potential assists per game. You know, I had to mention potential assists, guys, just yeah, like every week. Those, man. My favorite stat <laughs> in the NBA. Um, the Spurs have also allowed the third most assists to opposing point guards, which is 9.6 per game. So the matchup is a great one here. Also, Nikola Jokic, I'm gonna go, I, I love his rebounding prop tonight, over 12 and a half rebounds. Got this at plus money. He leads the NBA with 12.8 rebounds, 20 rebounding chances per game. That's third most in terms of chances. But he had 16 boards on 28 rebounding chances the last time he squared off against the Clippers this season. And he's recorded 13 plus in seven of his last eight against Avika Zubac. So I like the matchup. I like the price. So I'm going to go with him. And then three others that I just came out with just because of these injuries that have been trickling in. With Bam Adebayo out, I like Orlando Robinson to record a double-double against the Raptors tonight. I got this at plus 440. I like that one. Even if he comes off the bench, I don't know if he was announced in the starting lineup or not. Um, But I love the value there. When he's played over 25 minutes, he's absolutely eaten. Um, So I love him. Derek Jones Jr., finally, this is a guy who's always been one of these skywalkers when it comes to dunking, but now he's finally gotten the opportunity to do basketball things. Like he, he, he even like openly admitted it's been nice. Cause I've been able to shoot. Like the coaching staff is allowing me to shoot here in Dallas. Uh, Grant Williams is out tonight. So I expect him to get some extra usage over 14 and a half points plus rebounds minus 110 at BetMGM. I love that one as well. He had 24 points last game out in just in terms of points. Um, and then Devin Vassell, Uh, He's entering the starting lineup again, so no more point Jeremy Sochan. That experiment is over for now. Um, Vassal's back in the starting lineup, so over 24.5 points, rebounds, and assists, minus 110 at BetMGM. He has a great match. While Conley, I like his assists on the other side, I'm not going to pretend that Conley's a good defensive player, so he's going to get that head-to-head matchup versus Conley as the opposing point guard there. So I really like that play as well. Uh, But a lot to like here on this slate. I'm I'm Mm -hmm. loving it. Yeah. You've got a, you got quite a few tonight. I decided with the headache that I had today, I was like, I'm 
not going to do as much tonight because I really don't feel like having it get worse because I did a bad job researching and digging in. And then, uh, you know, some nights, some nights, Dan, you know, they want us to sweat and just be in pain every night on this show. Some nights I just want to put up a big middle finger to that and say, I'm not doing it. I'm not going to suffer tonight. It's not going to happen because we already have to suffer tomorrow night. This Thursday night football game, man, like I get it. It's the NFL. Like we're going to watch it and it's going to it's a thing. And people are like. What are you targeting in this game that you feel, again, not everything's out yet. Like, I like Najee Harris rushing yards and might go a couple of different ways like that with the Steelers. But it's gotten to the point now where, I, I mean, the Patriots could get shut out for a second week in a row, man. The the first thing I actually circled was Bailey Zappi under 0.5 passing touchdowns. That's the first thing I circled. I think the Patriots <laughs> have essentially become Iowa football, but in the NFL right now. Yeah. And like you just mentioned, like I would be more surprised like if the Patriots scored 10 points in this game than I would be if they got shut out. Um, from a player prop perspective, you have to think here, Ramondre Stevenson is out. So just looking at the Patriots side here, like, do you really trust Ezekiel Elliott to do anything on the ground at this point of his career? He showed no explosiveness this season. I don't know why I put myself through a lot of the misery and actually bet some player props on the Patriots this season, so I had to sit there and watch them. Um, but he has shown absolutely nothing on the ground. Um, so he could have, like, 15, 20 carries and realistically have like under 40 yards. I don't see that as being anything crazy, especially because they're just going to keep stacking the box over and over again and just trying to force the Patriots to throw the ball. Um, you can see here, Bailey Zappi, his his yardage is at 156 and a half. Like <laughs> that's that, that pretty was much 161 and a half yesterday, here. by the way. So that's gone down a ton oh since yesterday. Goodness. Yeah, and like you look at the the weapons. I mean, Demario Douglas, um, he's out. Not like he was a proven rookie. Um, Devontae Parker, who's washed. De uh, Juju Smith Schuster, who's washed. Hunter Henry, I guess, is the is the guy that if you really want to go to somebody, but I'm not going to go there. And then on the other side of things, you have Mitch Trubisky. You know what happens with Mitch Trubisky. I mean, he's going <laughs> to probably turn the ball over. Bill Belichick is going to definitely force him into some bad situations. I think you mentioned Najee Harris. If Najee Harris sits out, Jalen Warren, I think, becomes the guy who I'm looking at. He has really good efficiency numbers. Um, you know, Bill Belichick knows that he is – going to be the threat so you know do we see a lot of stack boxes on the other side I think this is just going to be one of those gross slug fest if I do anything in terms of player props here I'm going to probably bet on in something in the kicking game um or or just over <laughs> yes. interceptions or under passing touchdowns it's going to be disgusting um I I have a guarantee I'm going to guarantee it's going to be disgusting to watch Anything else that you played, side or total, or any player props that you have circled? We do got some good matchups in the NFL. We got Bills, Chiefs, although the Bills are a little down. That's still going to be a big game. Kind of a huge game, actually, for the Bills at 6-6. Six and six. We have Eagles, Cowboys on Sunday night. Anything else that you've played or maybe that you're looking at as far as the prop market or sides or totals in the NFL this week? Oh, I, I love a lot this week. Um, I'm First off, I guess Dak Prescott, over two and a half passing touchdowns here. He's against that Eagles pass defense. That's allowed the second NFL high 2.25 passing touchdowns per game. He went 29 for 44 for 374, three touchdowns, no interceptions in the previous meeting against the Eagles. And he, he gets them at home this time. So absolutely love him. Um, a couple running backs I really like this week that are kind of going under the radar. Kyron Williams. 
very quietly has has been mm-hmm. doing a lot here. I mean, maybe not quietly if you have him on your fantasy team, but anytime touchdown plus 115. He's had the fifth most carries in the red zone, which is 37, despite only playing eight games this season. So the guys who are leading the league have four more games played than him. Um, he's had seven touchdowns in the red zone, second in rushing yards within the red zone to Christian McCaffrey. He scored a touchdown in six of eight games this season, and he's gone. Uh, he had four touchdowns over the last three weeks, had scored three weeks in a row. Um, so, yes, the matchup is tough against the Ravens, but I, I love him this week. And someone I really love and uh, is Gus Edwards this week. An anytime touchdown there, plus 135, two-plus touchdowns, I also love here. He's had 10 red zone carry touchdowns this season, fourth in the NFL. He scored at least one touchdown in five of the last six games. The Ravens are seven-point favorites against the Rams. They're coming off a bye, so he's going to be nice and rested. He's had nine touchdowns in the last six games with multiple touchdowns in three out of the last five. So very quietly here, Gus Edwards is becoming someone uh, to really rely on. I know Lamar Jackson, obviously, is is a candidate to steal uh, some carries and some touchdowns from him. But I think he's very solid, a very solid play this week. Um, And then some other guys are like Mike Evans, over 76 and a half receiving yards. He ranks second in the NFL in air yards with 1,511 eighth in receiving yards. He had 212 air yards last week. So Baker Mayfield just throwing up the ball to him and seeing if he comes down with it. 162 receiving yards last week. He's also gone over 76 and a half in three of his last five games. And he also has shown that crazy upside. So if you want to take some a stab on some alternate lines, 100 plus, even 110 plus, 120 plus even, and go crazy, he's had games of 143, 162, 171 this season as well and i another guy that i love cooper cup uh the the rams have targeted wide receivers on 71.1 percent of passes this season that's the highest percentage of targets to wideouts you have injuries for puka you have injuries for tyler higby so maybe this is the week i don't know cooper's looked pretty iffy uh this season and lately but this could be the week but i i have to mention my call of the week and I know you guys care about me, and I, you, you might not be on board with this one. But Kyle Pitts, over 34.5 receiving yards. I'm going to oh, ladder him, ladder those receiving yards all the way up to 90-plus this week. Damn! And here's like why. It. So the Falcons throw to tight ends 35% of the time, which is the highest rate in the NFL. Obviously, with Johnny Smith there, he's stolen some of the love and some of the targets. But... Pitts has gone over 34 and a half receiving yards in six of his last eight games. Last week against the Jets, five catches on eight targets, 51 yards, all of which led his team. This is what we want to see out of him. Buccaneer, the Buccaneers have allowed 57.4 yards per game to opposing tight ends. That's sixth most. And earlier this season, he had 47 yards on five targets, three catches against the Buccaneers. In his previous two meetings against them, 73 and 48 yards. And he's shown that upside. He's going to flash it again this week, guys, I have the feeling. Seven catches on 11 targets for 87 yards versus the Texans earlier this season. Desmond Ritter is going to look his way, and he's going to win all that. He's going to climb all the way to the top of that ladder this week, guys. 
I expect you to apologize next week on the show if that's way off, by the way, Dan. <laughs> I just I want to point that out. Uh, yeah, I've got about yeah. a, a minute or so here. Uh, I, I apologize if you mentioned him. I don't think you have because you've obviously given us a lot of great stuff to look at already. But Justin Fields, not just against the Lions this weekend, but the rest of the year. It kind of feels like to me, again, we got about a minute or so left here, feels like somebody that we should target just because he's kind of playing for his job a little bit in Chicago, right? Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. I think uh, particularly his rushing upside, um, he probably, in order for him to prove that he's a starter in the NFL, he's going to have to show other teams. Because right now, I think it's pretty obvious that the Bears are going to move on from him. So this is really a tryout for other teams, right? So he's going to have to show that he has that versatility, that he has the legs to make things happen as well in the running game. We saw this happen at the end of last season where all of a sudden he decided, okay, I'm going to pull the ball and I'm going to make things happen with my legs. And he went off towards the end of last season. Mm -hmm. I think we're going to see something very similar here where, you know, he's not going to prove anything with his arm at this point. And if he wants to remain a starter in the NFL, maybe somewhere else next season, he's going to have to show that he has that multidimensional ability like Lamar Jackson. So I'm right there with you, Nick. I, I think that's a great call. I don't think there's – we've seen how many quarterbacks in the history of the NFL where a coach thinks they can get more out of them yeah. than what you previously had from a coach. There's, Justin Fields will be a starter somewhere next year in the NFL. Where that is – D.C. We still don't know. Nope, nope, not D.C. Because it's uh, <laughs> Sam Howell all the way through. Dan Carprick, BetQL, BetQL.com. Appreciate you coming on as always, buddy. Thanks, guys. Yeah, I mean, it's – uh. A Justin Fields in Atlanta. I still hold on yeah, to that give dream. Me that. that would be fun. It's BetMGM tonight. It's time for a short commercial break. Don't go anywhere, though, because we'll be right back with even more BetMGM tonight. Presented by BetMGM. Live from BetQL. Are more likely than others. Uh, and two of the players who were mentioned are Dak Prescott and Brock Purdy. And Purdy's great game yesterday is, has, has made this even more interesting, I think, than it was before, but I'm telling you, I was sitting there and it was, they were up two touchdowns and I just go like, if he finishes with like 180 and one or something like that, I'm just like, it's, this is dreamland. I mean, this is the best possible situation. Dak might be two to one, everybody else behind him. Like maybe he beats Hertz and he just wins. And now it gets a lot more cloudy. So it was, I feel like I was so close to the best possible game. Still got a great result. Still got great market movement, but things are going to get really, really interesting down the stretch here. If I were to tell you this story and not tell you where it happened or who it involved, 
and I gave you one guess, I feel like more often than not, you're going to take Philadelphia, right? Like of all the places this could have possibly occurred, you probably would have picked Philadelphia. Maybe you would have like said, oh, Malice of the Palace. Maybe you would have had no, 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 no. You probably would have gone with Philadelphia, especially with a game of, of this significance going up against the Niners in terms of tiebreakers for the one seed, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like you can understand why the emotions were incredibly high and why Eagles fans were so excited even though their team was trailing that suddenly they get to see their man, big Dom go out there and show them who's boss. Yeah. You don't mess with Philadelphia. Well, yes, we mess with Philadelphia because look, I get that. Like I've tried to say nice things about Philadelphia fans. Like they can be endearing sometimes and they are consistent Mm. and we know who they are and all of that stuff, but you cannot encourage this type of behavior. You cannot give Big Dom a standing ovation when he's being escorted out of the building. You can't do that. You need to be classier than this. And I know who I am telling this to, but you still have to be mindful of the (laughs) fact that one guy who should not have touched a player. You can't do that. They are. if Trent Williams doesn't play, that's a completely different offense for me. Now it's it's Purdy's not running boots. He's not running waggles. They're not getting cute outside zones, not destroying people. They get a little, a lot more predictable, um, especially with the right side of the offensive line not being as good as it was some other year. I think they go as Trent Williams goes. Trent Williams is healthy in the playoffs. They're going to be real tough to stop. Trent Williams doesn't play in a playoff game. I'm going to, and they're still favorite. I'm taking the other team. Um, Yeah, but look, I mean, what they did at the trade deadline, it's a big deal. Uh, This was a big game for them. You know, this this game for them was kind of like the Eagles game at Arrowhead. And you thought that, um, I like, I, I thought San Francisco would win the game. I wasn't sure about them covering but certainly I thought everything set up for them from a, a, a rest standpoint, from a health standpoint, from a motivation standpoint, from an Eagles are just kind of due to lose to a good team standpoint. Like that's probably going to happen here at some point. Um, yeah, it looks like Hertz is okay. You know, that's obviously huge. The Eagles have some other injury situations that perhaps get a little better. Um, maybe they add a Hertz. I don't know how much he has left, but like if Goddard is going to be, you know, a problem um, from a health standpoint. I look, the Eagles are still a really good operation, you know, and and if the Eagles beat the Cowboys, you know, then the Eagles are are right back there in the driver's seat with a chance to hold on to that one seed. Um, and, and when the Eagles face the most teams, they're fine. If you face that offense on a day when everything's in sync, uh, then, yeah, some of the Eagles' issues...
with his 20th point. Second one. Missed it. Rebounded by Booker. Four seconds. Three seconds. Now, back to BetMGM Tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Oh, officiating errors, Ryan. Happened in the NFL, happened in the NBA last night. Oh, yeah. It's nothing worse than that. No. I mean, it's one thing if a guy gets hurt. It's worse if a ref clearly screws something up, and that ruins a bet. That ruins an outcome of a game. I mean, it's obviously awful for the players involved in it, too. They hate it. But now we get affected more and more if you're betting on games, man. That can really screw you. The officiating in the NFL is terrible. Yeah, it feels like it just keeps getting worse, doesn't it? Well, I was thinking about this. I was going to say it's the worst it's ever been. But we, we had the, every year. remember we had the replacement referees in 2012. Yeah. which Fail man, Mary. We are getting old. Yeah, and that's one of the worst beats of my life. And there's like a difference, you know, because... I always hear everybody's like, oh, that's a bad beat. That's a bad beat. Not everything is a bad beat. Right. Like, a bad beat is the bet you have, like, a 100%, 99.9% chance of winning the bet, and then something insane happens. Like, a bad beat, I would say, uh, you know, like, I would even consider the Christian Kirk injury in the first quarter of that game on Monday night a bad beat. Like, if you had his yeah. receiving yards, because he was going over his receiving he yards. He was in for a big night. He had his longest reception. But, I mean, like, you know... I always hear people say, like, bad beat. I'm like, eh, that's not really a bad beat. But the fail, Mary, that's one of the worst beats of all time. I had the Packers on the money line. Oh, jeez. I thought, yeah. um, I'll never forget, I was living with my cousin at the time. I just got out of college, cousin Joe? actually. No, no. Oh, okay, different no, cousin. No, yeah, we were living in Naperville, uh, my cousin. She's actually a girl. So she was, like, never home. It was a beautiful thing. She had this <laughs> marketing job, and she'd be traveling all the time. So I would just have parties at the place nonstop. And Naperville's a very fun place. Uh, and so I'll never forget, I was like, what am I missing here? Because Seattle was up and coming. Remember, they had a really, mm-hmm. I mean, they had the Legion of Boom, but they weren't yet the Legion of Boom really yes. yet that year. And, um, yeah, that's, I mean, a pass is called the touchdown after being intercepted. And I sat there for like 45 minutes after mm-hmm. that game in silence. Like everybody was just like leaving the house, not yep. even saying goodbye because I couldn't even, <laughs> it wasn't even that my team lost. It was how they lost and oh, it was like man. the universe was... was screwing with me. I thought like Ashton Jeez, Kutcher was yeah. going to come out like on the middle of the field it's... and be like, you guys have all been punked. Because remember, like the, the the replacement refs were so bad. But then that was the breaking point. A deal was solved. It was made the next day where the uh, the officials came back. It's funny how when you do something like that, you have a, a result that looks the way that it did, right? It was so glaring. There was a spotlight on it being in a primetime game. All of a sudden, they uh, they figured out the whole collective bargaining agreement with the refs. How about the Saints getting screwed over in the NFC Championship game so bad that we changed the rule where a couple of years ago we You're were talking about against to, the Rams. Yeah, when yeah. we were able to review pass interference, and that was a yeah. mess. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Oh, that that was a mess. But the guy got absolutely mugged. Like if that happens on the street, you go to jail right in front of the official, and they called nothing. And they call absolutely nothing. And that's the reason you don't go to a Super Bowl. I mean, I just hate. This is me being a fan, but the NFC Championship game for the Green Bay Packers against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That, in my opinion, was the best team. Even the Super Bowl year, that was the best mm-hmm. team Aaron Rodgers ever quarterback played on with Devontae, and they go 13-3. and They should have won that game. A couple weeks before that, David Bakhtiari tears his ACL at practice before the Chicago game, I believe week 16, and Rodgers ends up getting sacked four times, but they had so many chances to win that game. But what I hated about that, 
was how it ended with the Kevin King defensive holding call. Mm-hmm. Because all game long, if you go back, like Alan Lazard, the interception Rodgers throws, Alan Lazard's being held. Um, I've tweeted out the photos. And his jersey's being tugged. And you don't call that in the first half. Cool. Let him play. It's the NFC Championship game. Let him be physical. I'm fine with that. But then the final play of the game, you call that on Kevin King. I just, I hate to see games decided by officiating. I'm yeah. not saying, like, you could let somebody get mugged. You have to fl- you have to throw that flag. But you got to call it both ways. And if it's something like that, I just, I hate to see it. Especially with the trip to the Super Bowl on the line. Or my bet's on the line. Well, especially when it's also, too, a call that's not called the same way throughout the game. Right. You know, I mean, I I could kind of understand it the other way a little bit when they let teams play, right? Let teams play late in the game. So sometimes maybe you're going to, if it's an iffy call, you're going to leave it to no penalty, no foul. If it's the NBA, whatever. But you need to have some level of consistency there. And uh, look, there's always going to be human error. There's always going to be officials doing something wrong. Yeah. When the NFL keeps changing rules every single year, it's only getting harder and harder for these guys to really keep track of like what the rules are. Remember when we couldn't figure out what a catch was? Then they finally simplified that. That actually they got right. And the I feel Calvin like it's Johnson catch. Yeah, and it doesn't feel and there was uh, um Des Bryant. Yeah. Des Bryant was the big one in the playoffs. Didn't catch it though. By the rules, he didn't was catch it. Not a catch, in my opinion. Now, if I was a Dallas <laughs> fan, I'd I'd say differently. No, Des caught it. I mean, I'm a Packer fan, and by uh, the rules, he didn't though. You know, we're not allowed to say this, but he caught it. Yeah, I know. I thought that was a hell of Did a kind catch. Of feel it was like a hell it. of a game. Unfortunately, they lose the next week. But yeah, I mean, that was a thing, and it, I, it's still. I mean, we finally have kind of figured out what a catch is. Thank God. Yeah, that's, I don't feel like that's become now it's a major interference. Issue. It I mean, is pass interference is something, and I, the, the thing is though. The, when, like, to me, when people complain about the refs missing a bad call late in a game or something, and I, that doesn't bother me nearly as much as the get on Twitter, get angry at a player for costing you a parlay or something. Like, I can understand a little more anger if an official misses a call. Yeah. But it's the other thing where, like, okay, late in the game, they kneel down as opposed to running or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, running out the clock in an NBA game. I had a, you know, I had that, uh, now, that, that was a bad beat, that, the Baltimore Ravens one, where he takes it in yeah. the end zone. When, when That right there, like if you – okay, so really quick on that. If you score that touchdown, sure, you go up 10 points, but the Chargers could have scored a touchdown, kicked the onside. Yeah, you still have a 99.9% chance to win that game, but if you take the knee right there, if you slide, you have a 150% chance of winning that game. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and instead he goes in the end zone, and I sat there. That was another one where for an hour after the game, Amanda's like, are you okay? What happened here? <laughs> You're I'm like, like, no. I'm like, if I try to explain to you what happened here, you won't understand, but it sucks. But yeah, I but so but I'm with you. Like, I didn't tweet at Zay Flowers. Of course, that's different. I find it so weird. They do it on, like, social media like, or something. Even in the biz, oh. like, people I've worked with, like... Yeah. They'd be like, yeah, and at Aaron Rodgers is a coward. Or at David Bakhtiari will yeah. get his ass. And I'm like, why are you tweeting at this professional I know. athlete? Like, you it's, look like such a loser. It's one thing if we say it <laughs> on this show in here. That's part of the show. It's part of a live reaction. Like that time, Tyler Hero, I needed one more point from him. And he dribbled out. I mean, it was on this TV I right think it's in front okay of us here. To tweet at Tyler. <laughs> okay, I think well, I think there's some exception. Fine, maybe Tyler Hero then. I'll do that. But I, I mean, and ass. that was massively frustrating because he needed one more point. They could have just fouled him, and then it was like a dude. That thing was like an eight legger for like thirty to one, or it was something along those lines. Where that's it. That was the only thing that didn't hit by like a point. 
It was one of the worst bad beats on a parlay I've ever had. And you know me. Yeah. I'm cautious with parlays. I don't go throwing them around like Trista does as much. I mean, she likes them. You bet, bet whatever you want. But, like, if I'm going to do it, I, I don't have, like, five or six in a night. And to have that thing go and literally miss by a point was absolutely brutal. That's still that's still the worst thing for me is those situations. But it's only going to continue. The problem is, is that people ruin it. They ruin this for all of us when they start making a big deal out of it on social media. You just look like a clown, and then there's a bunch of stereotypes out there that anybody that bets on sports is going to act like a jackass, and it's just not true. Yeah. Yeah, refund my bets. Refund right. nation. Right. The refund my bet thing is uh, that's something that we've – we're going to hear time and time again, and we're going to probably. I just, I would be curious to see if books started doing it more, and like, it's a slippery slope. Yeah, that's but why. I do don't you, think... With so many sports books out there, do you try to separate yourself and do that a little bit more just to get, whether it's just maybe you're trending on Twitter because of it or something along those lines? It's just like with the player props, I find it to be so dumb because that's yeah. the risk. I mean, that's the bet. Oh, absolutely. I mean, every bet is a risk. There's no such thing as locks. I always love when people are like, I got this <laughs> I got this 50-unit banger. It's like 50 units on one game? What is wrong with you? You're going to bet right. your whole bankroll on one game? Because things happen, man. Like, I mean, Derrick Rose tearing his ACL in the first round of the playoffs. The Bulls were a one seed that mm-hmm. year. You know, like, stuff like that does happen. It doesn't happen every single day, but it can happen. Hell, Monday Night Football, man. Who actually thought the Cincinnati Bengals were going to beat the Jags outright? Yeah. yeah. I mean, nobody. Nobody thought that that was going to happen. So, I, I just that, that's the risk that you take when mm-hmm. you place the bet. And if mm-hmm. a guy goes down in the first quarter, it sucks. But, I mean, it's just it's a slippery slope. Because what's the difference then if I place a wager on a side or a total and a quarterback goes down? Like, I don't want to bet the Jets. I would love to. I would love. Hey, bet MGM refund all my Jets futures. Yeah, right. I didn't. I didn't know Tim Boyle was even in the league, <laughs> let alone starting games this season. Zach Wilson is not very good. I almost said something that probably would have got me in trouble. He sucks. Um, but you can say that. But that's I, fine. You know, like bet MGM's. Hey, too bad, man. You're the you're the idiot that bet on this team. Yep. So, so that's why I get pissed off because it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Week one, everybody gets their Aaron Rodgers bets back against the Bills. How about you refund my tickets then? The full I don't even full want season. It, I mean, that's 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 the way well, the game oh, what, goes. Are you saying you turn it down? Sometimes you get good like good results. Mm-hmm. Maybe you play. I mean, you never cheer for injury, but maybe you play like under 278 passing yards for Aaron Rodgers. He goes out in the first quarter and then you win. Cha-ching. Yeah. See, yeah, people so forget that. that. It can work both ways. Yeah, I mean, maybe if, start playing unders, you schmucks. Anybody that had the under on Jets wins this year. Anybody that had the under on Aaron Rodgers passing touchdowns or whatever. Any season-long bets, you those are hitting. And, okay. yeah. I mean, books know that that's if they're going to pay that out, then they're not going to pay out the other side, too. They lose a lot of money. The, the worst beat ever it has nothing to do with officials, but I have to throw it out there. Patrick Mahomes rushing yards in that Super Bowl where he kept taking knees. But he had to, like, waste time. So he was going, like, five yards back before he took the knee. And he he went over his rushing yards in, like, the second quarter. And people were celebrating at the bar. And then everybody saw they lost the wager. And they're like, what the hell happened? And he lost the yards taking the knees. That's a bad beat. Yeah. Now, that is an awful beat. And there's still nothing you can do about it, though. No, no. There's still nothing. You're just, you're pretty much screwed at that point. But, you know, every league has an an issue. Umpires suck. People are calling for the robot umps. The NBA has issues. Always has had issues. Big issues. The NFL has issues. Soccer's got it right, at least. I know everybody doesn't love VAR. Except for people that flop. You don't want a lot of that. So, Chris Carter live from Pittsburgh next. We're going to look at the Steelers Patriots tomorrow. It's BetMGM Tonight. 
It's time for a short commercial break. Don't go anywhere, though, because we'll be right back with even more BetMGM Tonight, presented by BetMGM, live from BetQL. 